Hello, I'm Conrad Swift, and welcome to the Cardano Convo podcast, a podcast that gives a glimpse into the Cardano ecosystem. The Cardano Convo provides an easy-to-digest explanation of the projects that are being built, thoughts, and what's going on within the Cardano community. Today, I'll be speaking with Vledic Franco, the founder of the NFT game Drunken Dragons Ends and Quests. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. Hello, Bledic Franco. It's nice to have you on the show, and thank you for taking the time to talk with us today and answer a few questions about the work you've been doing with Drunken Dragons and in Quests. Yeah, it, this is awesome. Thank you, Conor, for having me. Oh, it's no problem. So there are a few questions I always ask. To begin, could you tell us a little bit about your background? What drew you into crypto in general? Well, um, my story with crypto started a really long time ago. So I remember around 2008, 2009, which uh, when I discovered Bitcoin, basically that was because, uh, well, I'm a software engineer by profession, right? And one of the things that I really like about software engineering or one of the areas, it's called distributed systems. And uh, let's say blockchain has a lot of that. And blockchain is like a great breakthrough in, 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 in that area. And besides that, uh, also, you know, I was a bit younger and uh, was extremely idealistic. I'm still very idealistic. Yeah. Um, but back then, the, the whole, you know, permissionless uh, society that blockchain uh, was promising to create it completely attracted me in that moment. Um, well, I, I believed in, in, in blockchain for, for all these years. <laughs> Sadly enough, I didn't have the money to invest on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, being one of the early believers, Oof. but uh, yeah. but that's fine. Uh, eventually, you know that whole trip. Also, because I specialize in a type of programming called functional programming, and Cardano and IOHK, as you probably already heard, it's big on that. Yeah, uh, from those two areas, uh, from my programming side and from knowing uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum. I ended up in Cardano and completely fell in love with that. So it's been a long trip, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Most of our trips into crypto have been quite long. And you have a unique intro because a lot of people, they go into crypto, at least nowadays, it's for the price and then they stay for the ideals. Whereas you went in it from the ideals perspective, which I find admirable. Yeah. Because I remember finding it way back in like 2012, like back in high school. I'm like, oh, this is cool, forgetting about it. And then 2017 rolls up and it's like, by the way, if you if you were into the ideals back then, you're relatively rich. And it's like, hey, that's nifty. And then, of course, Cardano, as you said, it catches a lot of our eyes. It's It was amazing. But could you give our audience an explanation of what Drunken Dragons in Inquests is or what you're aiming for it to be? Yeah, definitely. Um, Drunken Dragon Instant Quest, it's going to be a game. It's uh, still on early development. Uh, and the game is a fantasy tavern simulator. So in this game, basically, you own an inn and a tavern for adventurers. And it's a, more of a, um, you, you manage this tavern. And it's your objective to start creating a reputation for this tavern. Uh, this will attract townsfolk uh, from around uh, from around you to offer quests to the adventurers 
Uh, and you'll, you also will need to attract with your reputation adventurers. As adventurers uh, find you, uh, you can recruit them and send them into this quest. Uh, you'll send them to different quests around the area of your, of, of your, of your inn. Uh, and depending on the quest, uh, you will get different resources. Uh, and there's going to be a map with a different uh, resource distribution. So one of the main also objectives with this game is to uh, have a, a rich economy around it uh, because these resources will be used for, for crafting uh, armor, weapons, uh, boosting uh, potions, etc. They're going to be good for different types of quests. Um, so you'll probably have something nearby you that others want and vice versa, right? The whole experience, I want it to be really fun around the tavern experience, you know? Uh, I think, uh, well, as the name suggests, uh, this is all very inspired in Dungeons and & Dragons. And I think something that I really loved about Dungeons and & Dragons and some of the, let's say, a typical uh, or traditional way of doing things is the adventure always starts in the tavern, right? Oh, of and course. This is where you meet the where you meet the friends where you know you celebrate uh, the 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 finishing of a quest or um, where you find new ones. So I thought it would be really cool to build something around it. Also because the drunken dragon, besides being the game, I want it to be about the community around it, right? Uh, which actually has been already amazing. Uh, I wanted. The Drunken Dragon to be about a fantasy, epic adventures, and community. In the Discord, we are almost, I think last I checked, we were almost 600 or 700 people already. Oh, wow. And I mean, I've been really overwhelmed by the kindness of, of, of the community. Uh, actually, as we're recording, we're on a on our pre-sale of the new uh, Grandmaster Adventurers collection. It's a CNFT collection that will be used in the game. Uh, and I mean, just <laughs> has exploded into a lot of people, you know, putting their own work into it and uh, building the, the charts, etc. So it's, it's I, I'm just happy that this vision of trying to create a community around it, it's, it's somewhat working and that makes me really, really happy. Oh, of course. Uh, For a lot of these like fantasy games, it, the community is what makes it come alive. Yeah. So I'm glad you were able to build. And did you find that quite easy with the Cardano community? Because it seems most of the Cardano, if not all the Cardano community, is really friendly and like willing to jump in and like make things come alive. So I didn't know if you had like found that to be easier or not. My my experience with the Cardano community has been also amazing. Uh, through, uh, through my experience of doing these projects, because, you know, it's, uh, um, it started with the pool, with the idea of the game, and then we cre uh, created the pixel tiles in this collection we're expanding. But through the whole process, I've been able to meet several uh, members of the community. Uh, including outside the NFT, CNFT space. For example, I've met several people from the Cardano Catalyst space, right? 
And uh, I've met uh, people from uh, from IHK, from the uh, Atala Prism uh, team, for example, right? Uh, I've met, uh, you know, uh, other um, pool uh, SPOs and community members. And what I really love about this is how much interconnectedness there is in, in the community and how much, you know, uh, we're able to recommend other people to each other. You know, I found people to do small projects or small things or small initiatives from, for example, there's uh, this guy, Phil, from Carano Catalyst. He's constantly connecting me with other people. And uh, I was able to connect him also with uh, other key people. And, you know, this rich network is amazing. And I think this is one of the biggest potentials of Cardano. Uh, what makes uh, a place like, for example, uh, Silicon Valley great is their network effect in a concentrated area, right? But yeah. Not network effect as in, you know, you're big, so you attract more people, but how interconnected the network is that they can find each other really easily and collaborate extremely easily. And yeah. there's a certain culture that brews positively, right? Oh, of course. So with the ends and quests, there are a lot of applications being built on other blockchains like Ethereum. Um, with a lot of options out there on blockchains you could build on, what made you and your team decide to build on Cardano? I know you talked about it being special, but would you like to elaborate on why your team chose to, dis to decide on the Cardano blockchain? Well, I, I think it makes sense almost on every single level. Uh, I think I can give first like the reasons why almost every project... Uh, uh, says, you know, uh, I mean, the technology is great. Uh, it's it's just from, a, you know, simple facts as as in uh, the price of the transactions and the stability of, of those, uh, the speed. Uh, and then again, the community, it's it's great. Uh, but for me, the, the main reason why I was so attracted to Cardano and building on Cardano is because uh, I believe in long-term investment and not just on money as in, you know, you put your money, but where you put your efforts and how projects grow uh, on where they put their efforts and their, and, and their time, right? So in the case of Cardano, they put all of the biggest investments upfront, right? Yeah. They spent years researching they spent years building networks. They, they spent years solidifying uh, the organizations that uh, would be the pillars of, of this whole project, right? So uh, that's why I, I thought like, this is gonna be a huge snowball. There's so much potential for, um, well, exponential growth, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, for, for me, it just made sense. It, you know, when, when you create a project on top of a, of a technology, you're also betting on that technology because if that technology doesn't work, you have your whole project built on top of it and you'll sink uh, with, with the boat, right? So uh, so for me, it just makes a lot of sense to, to be betting on Cardano. Yeah. So where did the inspiration from ends and quests come from? It feels, as you said, quite Dungeons and Dragons-y with a fantasy MMORPG feel. 
Yeah, well, um, I re I really love Dungeons and Dragons, but some something that I really like about Dungeons and Dragons is uh, is experience of the tavern, right? Yeah. Because it's the tavern is where all the adventures always start, right? Where you meet your companions, where you make community, uh, when you go and you know return to celebrate the loot or to lament any loss of any uh, befallen yeah uh, so i really wanted to create an experience around it because one of the main things that i want the drunken dragon uh, to be about is community the the drunken dragon is all about fantasy uh, adventure and community so i think this whole experience around the tavern is just i think it's just awesome um and you, you know, actually, one of the one of the main features of the game, it's that the um, fungible token, so the pixel tiles, the adventurers that you will acquire and you will be able to send into the quest, mm -hmm. uh, they might die from adventuring, right? Yeah, it's not gonna be easy, but it will be a danger, and especially if you if your adventurers are so therefore to try something extremely hard right or dangerous mm -hmm. and if they die the smart contract will actually burn your token your pixel tile and give you back a pixel tile tombstone so the tombstone will feature the same art but you will only be able to place your adventurer in your tavern uh, on ghost form and uh, you won't be able to send him or her into a uh, more quests and uh, I, one of the things I really want to create is to see all of these things to brew and happen lively in the tavern. Uh, for example, one of, one of the things uh, I would like to push in, in the technology side is for the game to, to have um, good AI on looking at all the different uh, you know adventurers you have placed in your tavern yeah. and uh, interacting uh, with each other and and just you know doing things uh, without you uh, uh, you know commanding them and uh, and whenever something happened like for example one of your parties returned from from an a quest with uh, successfully uh, they will return and you'll see everyone in the tavern, you know, cheering for them yeah. and, uh, you know, drinking for them. Or if they come and, and, and someone dies, uh, you know, they'll be also lamenting that loss, etc. Yeah. Um, and all of these different behaviors, uh, they will be attached to the to the role of each one of these adventures, right? If one is a bit more, uh, you know, uh, evil or one is more a bit more chaotic or someone which is you know really really uh, empathic uh, person so something super important is that even though this is like an, a management game so it's been more like you know it will feel more like a like a farm that you'll be you know tending across the, the weeks and months right and growing it uh, slowly uh, i still want to capture a lot of the role-playing aspects of uh, of tabletop role playing right so for example yeah. the quest they will uh, have a lot of this uh, uh, it will have some uh, explanation of this of the scenarios and some role playing about it there's going to be 
a story behind the areas you'll be exploring and the races and the different options uh, that uh, you'll have for your adventurers to go through. Uh, and also the, the characters per se, I have also I'm building them like a small backstories behind them, right? With uh, certain personality traits, etc. cetera. Uh, so that when you have them around in your tavern, you'll see them express themselves as that. So uh, I still, I'm, I'm really in, in deep love for fantasy. And this is some of the things that I really like. So I really want to, to spread that uh, all, all over the game. Oh, of course. And as you said, Anybody who's ever played D&D, as you said, yeah, it's where you start out. It's the easiest setting and it's the easiest way to introduce everyone because you can make that work. And it's yeah. kind of the pivotal points between adventures is these ends. It's where you can sleep. It's where you're not like pitching a tent because you're trying to get from point A to B. It is the point A or the point B typically. So that yeah. seems very apt for what you're aiming to do as well. That's a lot of programming you're going to have to go under that's like i would love to see that because what gives a game it's like the beauty of it is sometimes it's the small details like yeah. i don't know if you've heard of undertale it wasn't a, a triple a game like it wasn't graphics weren't the greatest but the story and attention to detail were so yeah. high up there that it became arguably a cult classic it became so well known and if you can do that whoa that'll be no good. definitely i I think you just nailed it with respect with attention to detail. I, I, I love this. And I think one way in, we, in which I can show uh, uh, we're really uh, we're passionate about attention to, to detail is our uh, adventurers uh, collection that we just released, right? Mm -hmm. uh, as you can see, they're not just uh, animated, but uh, it's, it's, it's just all the little things that that we added there and uh, you know a huge um, huge kudos to um, my artist here uh, his name is uh, Jorge and uh, he actually founded a game studio and we partnered well I partnered with him uh, this is currently the team uh, him and I right mm -hmm. uh, his pixel art is amazing uh, but he's also I you know a, a big geek with all this fantasy stuff yeah and he he seriously, I was just so impressed uh, by our collaboration on our teamwork. Uh, for example, as you can see, there's some, for example, if you see the priests, the clerics, yeah. uh, the animation, there's like those particles like animated in pixel art uh, yeah. in, in the thing. And uh, and it's, it's just like the teamwork has been amazing. We're just having so much fun with this. And th these are the little things uh, I, I really want us to make, uh, you know, um, all, all, this, all, all these details which make the, the world feel alive, even when it's just pixel art, you know? Oh, yeah. And people think just because it's pixel art that it's the detail isn't, is not as big a deal, but it is because you have you can see every pixel. If you did a 3D yeah. like object animated then if you mess up a small detail, it might not be noticed because there's so much information in that detail. But in this case, instead of there being so much information in all the detail, each detail has a lot of, like, holds a lot of information or space. So it becomes a lot more important. But I also think the artwork, which we'll have on the screen, is, it's really nice. I would recommend checking out the channel for sure. By channel, I'm talking website. Check out your guys' website. It 
the artwork is phenomenal. And in regards to the characters, I noticed a couple of the characters, such as the Crimson Dragon being quite similar to Megamine from Konosuba, or there's a scruffy character in a Black Winter outfit named Snow the Unwise, <laughs> where all the characters pulled from pop culture or fantasy pop culture. And I was also curious of what character is your favorite out of all the characters that have been made thus far? Definitely. Well, it, those two are the only two references we, <laughs> uh, we created. Um, others have come from our own imagination and probably um, as we can invest more of uh, time and resources into this project, uh, we'll be then again trying to increase our quality within, make them very unique, unique like, you know, then again, I think something cool that celebrates Dungeons and Dragons is uniqueness behind every character, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I think this is why a lot of people really love Dungeons and Dragons because they, f they find that they can be and become something else which is awesome and which is quite unique, right? And uh, this was actually the spirit behind the, the Grandmaster Adventurers collection uh, to really celebrate the diversity, right? Uh, and it, on the next Pixel Tal series, because we'll be doing a, a, a Pixel Tal series a, every, every certain amount of time, which all will be limited sale. A, really want to invest into that, you know, into telling a small story behind each one of these characters. Um, so regarding my favorite character so far, um, I think I, I, I got to say Megumi. <laughs> well, the, the Crimson Demon, because, and that's why I, I did it, right? Because yeah. uh, I, I really like that anime and uh, I think she's great. I think what, what I really like about the character, and I guess a lot I really like about her, is that she's, she, you know, that character went all in, you know? It's yeah, like, on the he, one skill and that yeah. one magic, just on it's that like one spell. <laughs> yeah. If you guys haven't seen that anime, what it is is it's a ragtag of people with one person who gets reincarnated into the world, and he's, like, mildly capable, just really unlucky, like, with stats, etc. But then he gets a bunch of other people who are, like, all their stats are in, like, one area, but there's something wrong with each one. And this is, like, a master magician, the Crimson Demons, only knows one spell, only puts all of her stat points into one ability, and <laughs> it's kind of beautiful in that. Because yeah. I know some people, when they make D&D characters, they want it to be, I want it to be good at everything. But as you get, play more D&D, you're like, it's good to have flaws. Like, the flaws yeah. make the character yeah. more interesting. Yeah, definitely. So... I see that the D&D pool you guys are running is where players can delegate ADA and receive NFTs that can be later used in the game. And there's even a raffle system to win rare cards. Can you give us a brief rundown of how that works and what a delegator can expect? Yeah, definitely. So basically, uh, in very short, if, starting from 500 ADA um, uh, stake, and uh, you get a raffle ticket uh, every first uh, and fifteenth of the month. Um, these raffle tickets they get uh, um, you get extra if if you stake more, uh, right? 
Uh, so you're incentivized to stake as much as you want, as much as you can. And uh, we run a raffle automatically. So we, we automated this whole process. Um, and everyone in that raffle gets a pixel tile. But um, there's going to be people, there's going to be a couple of epic pixel tiles. And that's the raffle around, right? Uh, if you have more tickets, there's more, there's more probability for you to get an epic one. Um, we will expand a bit on this, um, on this mechanism. And because uh, we want to give more rewards to, to delegators, uh, actually, the, the reason why it's it is currently uh, only the first and the 15th of the month is because uh, for us, it was becoming a little bit expensive to send uh, to every delegator um, rewards uh, every epoch, which is every five days because of the minimum ADA uh, requirements. Yeah. But I am happy to tell that the Drunken Dragon project has been growing so much that I think this is no longer a big restriction for us. Uh, oh. And uh, since we're scaling on our capacity to, you know, create art and uh, and to do uh, this this stuff, uh, we're gonna expand a bit on this system. Exactly how it is still still to be released, but basically uh, there's gonna be some pixel tiles which are only gonna be acquired through the raffle system for the delegators. Uh, we wanted to uh, be a little bit more interesting for for whales but also without uh, losing value for people that maybe only have 500 ADA to, to, to stake. Yeah. And also I would like to lower a bit somehow the, the bar so that uh, people with uh, uh, less ADA uh, can also participate and get rewarded for being part of, of, of the Drunken Dragon, right? I don't, I don't want the Drunken Dragon to become an uh, uh, oligarchy or something like this. Uh, so you know, you always have this issue with. There's always going to be whales in life, right? And yeah. people that have too much, and people that have too little. And I mean, this is the biggest issue that we're trying to deal with in every, maybe every aspect of our society. But um, and and then again, you know, you cannot just go and reward uh, the little guys easily because then the system becomes easily exploitable. Because then comes the whales, and they just you know. Make little accounts, what, yeah. Yeah, this is what is called a civil attack, right? And what, the, you know, the whole actually blockchain research evolved, yeah. But, um, so we'll we'll find a way, we'll find a way, because, you know, I'm, I just appreciate all the support that we've been given and want to reward that. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad to see you guys have grown so much. And I know the biggest problem is always trying to balance that out, because 500 ADA... If we go back a year, year and a half, what is that? 500 times 5 cents. So it's like, let's, I'm not going to do the math, but it was very little, like less than $500 easily. But now with currently ADA being over $2, a thousand or 500 ADA is $1,000 worth. So there, I understand yeah. it's going to be hard to balance that out, especially with a metric that kind of moves around. But yeah. I applaud you guys in what you're doing and I'm happy you guys have grown well enough that you're able to have more freedom on what you want to do. So going from the epoch then going to twice a month, 
and then going, well, now actually we're doing well enough. We can go to whatever system. It's like that. I'm happy to hear that. I'm always yeah, happy to hear you. when a Cardano project is doing well. And, and also the value of the rewards that we're giving in the pool have become actually extremely good in the sense that uh, pixel tiles are selling reasonably good. I mean, I, I don't I don't want to t- talk about, you know, investment opportunities or anything. Because oh, yeah. It's not what we're about. But, uh, oh, of course. Uh, but if you check what CNFT.io uh, marketplace, you know, pixel tiles are selling for. And just with five, if you get one pixel tile for 500 ADA staked, that's where maybe 10 to 100 times uh, giving a better reward than just staking ADA, even in a, uh, in a pool with a full, uh, full concentration, right? Yeah. Um, because I think, well, like, how much do you get in one month for a 500 ADA stake? I think it's, it's, it's just maybe less than one ADA. And uh, if you get one pixel tile, then I think it's just way cooler and it's something that you'll be able to use in our game. So oh, yeah. I just hope I, we create something cool for people. Oh, it, it looks cool from what I've seen. It seems I'm I can't wait to see what the end product is. But I did have a question in regards to your pool. Mm-hmm. Do people who are delegating, do they get it's not like an ISPO. It's they delegate and they'd get the normal ADA rewards they would. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, we are still uh, an option to just make ADA normally, right? Yeah. Uh, currently, uh, our percentage is set at 2%, which is, I think, quite standard, plus the pixel tile rewards. Um, I think we're approaching uh, a nice nice stability there because uh, thank, thanks to the growth that we're receiving, uh, we're getting close to the 800,000 uh, uh, ADA staked, which oh. soon enough will, you know, secure us minting every epoch. Yeah. Oh, no. we. I feel you there. So we operate a stake pool as well, and our goal is to try to get, if we can get to where we're doing one block in epoch, that, that's awesome because that can cover a lot of costs of, like, you're, yeah. you're running your project. So. Again, I hope that you achieve that, and it also helps with the decentralization of of the Cardano system, because we've seen yeah. some pools to where I think I always harp a little bit on the 1% pool, and I'm not normally one to harp on, but when you're, you run out of 1 through 10, and you start using letters of the alphabet, I'm like, maybe you have a few too many, <laughs> that's all. But I'm happy to see the system get more decentralized, especially with a fantasy RPG style like game. I again, that's my go-to. I really love RPG games and fantasy. As we talked a little bit before the show. In regards to the pixel tiles, are mm-hmm. the characters going to be interacting with the pixel tiles as well or will that affect how prestigious your inn is? The the Grandmaster Adventurers, well, um they so in in, in short they're gonna work uh, mostly the same as pixel tile uh, adventurers, uh, with one big difference is that they're gonna be immortal. So these ones they won't be able to die. Uh, it's imp- important to say that we want to balance this because our top priority with this game is to make a fun game. Yeah. Uh, and um, 
And the, we wanted to create something which felt a little bit, uh, a little bit better uh, to incentive because they, you know, the, the longer answer is um, uh, the main objective for the Grandmaster collection is uh, to raise some funds for the development, right? Yeah. So game development takes, of course, a lot of time and resources. And uh, this was a way for us to uh, raise some funds and, uh, you know, reward people that are starting to believe in our project in a way, right? Yeah. Also, besides that, uh, if you hold one of these adventurers, it will unlock some cosmetics for the tavern that uh, only this way you will be able to have. So Ooh. the ones that we have planned, at least the one that I can say is a, a class-related uh, banners uh, to put around. So, uh, you know, and we're talking about possibly expanding some, some, some uh, really interesting systems, like, for example, having a guild master. Yeah. It's going to be like this single adventurer that uh, has an important role on your tavern. Uh, and the tavern will change depending on the class and on the, you know, personality traits of this, of this one. So, so yeah, but, but still, uh, I would like to assure people that don't get uh, a Grandmaster Adventure uh, now or in the future, that uh, our main objective is to make the game fun uh, mainly around the pixel tiles, right? Yeah. Uh, which should feel more like a, a trading card game. And that we will also be including uh, and creating the limited collections in the future. So there'll be always a chance to get uh, something cool that only you have. I'm sure a lot of us are looking forward to that. And it's nice to have that small, even again, towards that detail, that small customizability based upon other NFTs that you've gotten, whether it be through delegating with your pool, through just purchasing outright. It, it's nice to know that it has multiple utility or will have multiple utility. Yeah. But with your team, what has been the largest challenge your team has faced with the development of ends and quests? Um, having enough time, I guess. <laughs> it's, um, so, for example, uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 a challenge. Just just creating a project itself, whatever it is, it's it's a big challenge, right? Because yeah. success is not given, and it requires always a lot of work. And uh, but I feel blessed by the fact that I'm having just so much damn fun in this. In yeah. Doing this is is it's I almost don't feel all the hours that I've uh, invested into it. So, for example, this week was really crazy, to be honest. I think maybe I slept 20 or 30 hours in the whole week. Like, I slept really, really little in this week because uh, a lot of things happened in the last moment, uh, which uh, we had to, to solve. And then also the pre-sale was, was a bit crazy. I had to hot code uh, tools uh, to, to manage all the transactions and stuff like this. But... But this has been maybe one of the most fun things that I've done in my life. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. um, so to be honest, the challenges are just fun. And, uh, you know, building the payment systems, uh, programming with Cardano, uh, building a community, uh, making the art, uh, starting to create the lore behind the, the game. Uh, I mean, this is, this is just a dream come true. So... Uh, 
So yeah, there's there's big challenges, and maybe I can you know uh, list a couple. Like for example, uh, it was it was a bit hard to like figure out how we would uh, uh, generate the characters, but then uh, take the different um, create the gifs and then combine them in the right order. Yeah. Uh, and you know that was just with some some libraries, which I thought it was going to be quite straightforward but then it was not so much and actually something really cool came out from there because there's the collection is 10,000 and one adventurer and nice. that one adventurer is a adventurer number zero a nickname glitch and that was the adventurer that came out from my first attempts on creating the program that emerges the the background, yeah. and it just came out so cool because uh, it's it's with the warlock, yeah, uh, and you know the warlock animation has some rain and some thunders, mm -hmm. but because uh, my, my 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 program was glitched, it came out like almost flashing, like you know it's I don't know you have to see it maybe we'll yeah. post it somewhere. But, um, but you know, it's it's just part of the adventure. I mean, this all this whole thing has been just an adventure, and I mean that's then again what Dungeons and Dragons is all about in the end, right? It's fun on the challenges that you encounter in life. Oh, exactly. Oh no, and it's fantastic to be able to like. I understand when you do event like do something when you try to achieve something. There's gonna be hard times. It it's yeah. almost like D and D. There's like no adventure is worth going on that's just easy and just handed to you. It's not an adventure. It's not you don't feel accomplished if somebody's handed you like if you earn a thousand dollars, you feel good. Somebody hands you a thousand dollars, it's like, oh that's nice. Well, like you don't feel good. You don't you haven't achieved anything. Yeah. So, exactly. So no, I applaud you guys what you've done and again, the artwork is so good. <laughs> it is. Thank you. But are there plans to have a mobile version of ends and quests in the future? Uh, actually, I think it's going to be mobile first um, because, because the game, it's going to be a little bit more of um, it, the experience is going to feel more like tending or carrying like a, like a plant or a farm, you know, it's, 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 it's something that you'll be checking on and uh, uh, seeing it grow and um, so I think the experience around that, it fits more mobile. And also, yeah, because it's something you, you want to maybe check from time to time. And um, I think a lot of people in, in the Cardano community is are around mobile. At least I've seen that a lot of the people that come to the shop and purchase some pixel type stuff, they do it through the phone. So mm -hmm. I found that interesting. Uh, so I think it just it makes sense, right? Oh yeah. Um, but then, but then again, uh, we're gonna build it on Unity, and Unity has some nice tools to, uh, if you build it right, you just kind of start exporting to different platforms. So, um, so yeah, I think we'll also have like a, eventually to other platforms as well. Okay. So. Because the way it looks, it looks like it'd be optimal for mobile.
But yeah. I know a lot of projects are starting web browser first and then introducing mobile because mobile is just such, such a huge audience. Though the only difficulty I imagine is if somebody gets the game, are they going to have to have these NFTs to play the game or will there be a default set once one downloads it that they'll have? So this is this is a really good question uh, because uh, I'm going to allow myself to answer it by first uh, saying something more fundamental, which is I think that uh, the adoption of crypto that uh, and blockchain that we all thrive for, it's going to happen when we are using crypto and blockchain and we don't even know it, right? Yeah. Um, so th then again, uh, that's that's going to be because it's extremely frictionless and because blockchain is a really low level uh, solution and it's the the solutions that go on top with great user experience that i think is going to make the game you know yeah. so in our case uh, for for the game uh, i i don't i don't foresee uh, in a longer term how uh, you know having to integrate with metamask type of experience or uh, doing something something else i want it to be like really really smooth you know like uh, having someone to play for a, for a long time and then maybe one day realize that they can take their pixel tiles to a Cardano wallet and trade it in cnft.io, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think that's relatively easy to do by investing in some uh, key things. Sorry. Uh, so for example, uh, when you start the game, you can, as you said, start with uh, maybe some base set of of adventurers uh, that are you know based and a furniture that is based mm -hmm. and then the game can start can create uh a, maybe a, a wallet that will be a, you know a, a custodied by us and um and then with the option of uh, so this wallet will be in the back end and you will have a cardano wallet without you knowing yeah, and then uh, optionally by you connecting your own wallet if you don't want your pixel ties and adventures to be costed by us, uh, and also with the option of just you know withdrawing. Uh, so 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 there's gonna be an investment on the effort of trying to make this uh, as uh, frictionless as possible, because in the end, if you want to create a successful game. Uh, being a, a fantasy game with a somewhat new style in the crypto world, specifically ADA, it's yeah. too niche, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, what you want to do is uh, create a great user experience so that you know uh, people start. Uh, so the the adoption friction is really, really, really low. They start having fun because then again, our objective is 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 not to create crypto. Our objective is not to create a you know a, a publicly traded a, tokens. Yeah. A, our objective is to create something fun. This is first and foremost, or the the thing we're trying to do. Now, why are we using a, tokens and a, and crypto and Cardano and stuff? It's because we think that 
they those things they just add to the fun, you know? Yeah. Because it will be fun to trade. You know, it'd be going back to the days when you had some, you know, Pokemon cards, some Yu-Gi-Oh, some uh, uh, some some collectibles, and you will just go with your friends and say, like, hey, I have this one repeated. Do, do you want it? And th this is already so much fun, right? In the Discord, you can see them in the trade channel. Yeah. Like, I'm looking for this one. Who has it? And there's no intermediate party to, you know, control this. Is is I think this is the beauty of 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 crypto it's it's just also uh, organic uh, there's no strong um, parties controlling how things should be it, things it, the the fun things start happening because they they grow naturally from what people find fun yeah not not a single uh, entity right so so yeah i think we're going to invest into a uh, into making this as frictionless as possible uh, and uh, but still keeping all the nice properties that a blockchain and crypto gives us right yeah of course and as you said it would be i imagine optimal for because i'm sure you've downloaded mobile games and it would be optimal to have the lowest barrier to entry because yep. i exactly. there are many times that i've downloaded a game and played it and as soon as it starts coming at me with overly complex things i'm like i'm i'm good like i there are other yes. things less complex like because i but i'm glad you guys have definitely taken that into consideration now i do have a few um fun questions so that our viewers can get to know you a bit better um the mm -hmm. first one being what is your favorite tabletop rpg uh well i had to say dungeon dragons fifth edition is the one that i've played the most right yeah and uh I'm normally the dungeon master, uh, and it. I mean, the rules they're they're fun, but I think the uh, and they're great because they bring structure to the whole thing. But uh, in the end, I think what is important is what you create around them, right? So yeah. this, this creative process of the story of you know each one uh, getting really into the nitty gritty details of what it's his character looks like and what will you know what he will do in certain scenarios and you know crafting all these aspects of his personality and as a dungeon master you know creating new char interesting characters and places and uh, finding a new way to um you know poke the imagination of people you know yeah so um so yeah i would say just uh, dnd fifth edition it's 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 fine i think they've done a, a you know, I, I didn't play a lot the, the other versions yeah. uh, because I'm not that old school, but um, uh, but at least from my friends that did play old school, like other editions, etc., uh, I've only heard good things that say like, oh, they, they really uh, simplified properly the, the rules and yeah, people seem to like it. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I love 5th edition as well, and I haven't played a lot, but I heard there were a couple of problems with 4th edition that they've like kind of smoothed out. So when I heard that, I was like, that's good. But you have to get like a bunch of, I know there's other fantasy, like Cardano, pro, like programs that are being worked on. Got to get everyone together for like a D&D &D game or something. Maybe just a one shot, whatever. But yeah. in Dungeons and Dragons, is there a specific class or race that you like to play as and why? I'm going to guess Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, I most of the time the Dungeon Master. Uh, so, yeah. uh, but 
I can say that I have deep love for dwarves and uh, I wish I could do like different types of uh, Scottish accents yeah. <laughs> just uh, to properly. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but dwarves I like a lot and uh, classes regarding the class, uh, I would say... Uh, yeah, may maybe something a little bit tanky. Uh, so, you know, also in video games, I think I went through almost every class in fantasy. I think I like experimenting. So I've, I've never like strongly stuck with something. Uh, in the end, mostly melee, so not so much magic stuff. Um, but yeah, like for example, in World of Warcraft, uh, I... I I had a main maybe with almost every single class except Warlock, I think. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, well, World of Warcraft I played since vanilla. So, <laughs> but um, I, I think that's why I like being the dungeon master, just because <laughs> I like the fantasy. So it's like, it feels, it feels, if, if, if I'm just playing one class, I FOMO over the others, right? Yeah. Oh, no, I understand. You're like, oh, I could have done this or I could have done... Whereas, like, dungeon mastering, you can be like, oh, this is fun what everybody's doing type of thing. Yeah, and you can create characters, right? So that, yeah. I think that's a fun thing about the dungeon master is that uh, you can come up with uh, something fun that uh, you think would be cool. And it can be any class and interact in any way. And uh, and you know that that that's what I like. It's so in a sense I'm uh, playing every class at the same time, however I like, because I'm creating all these extra characters for m my players to interact with. So. Oh yeah. Um. The last question I did have on that is, what would be your least favorite? Then it could be the least favorite you have to kind of make rules for for DMing, or it could be your least favorite to play. The my least favorite think around a tabletop role playing or oh the class like the for class. example a lot of dms aren't fond of wizards because they break the game type of thing or i i i actually like uh, a lot uh, wizards and uh, playing with the rules of the game like uh, of course, as a DM, I'll be always like, yeah, you cannot do that. Like, yeah, <laughs> for the good of, of the adventure and, and the world that we're all living in, you, you just won't be able yeah. to do that. But uh, uh, but I've almost never been in that situation. But uh, that I don't like. Um, maybe. Maybe I don't like rogues a lot but not because of rogue but because a lot of people end up uh, creating a character that is shy around the rogue class like you know normally there's like the stereotype of rogues being you know like the sneaky guys or mm -hmm. you know they're like more of assassin stealthy and gonna steal something and the personality they create a personality around that but then that's 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 really hard to do because even though in concept is really cool when playing with others, it kind of sucks because you're not going to interact a lot with other players yeah. and uh, they're not going to say a lot. And, you know, if, if, if you're, uh, you know, the uh, badass looking guy that doesn't talk a lot, 
then okay, that's badass. But then you're gonna <laughs> you're not gonna play a lot, right? Yeah, you're not as fun to play with directly. Yeah. No. So so yeah, I I think uh, I I think that uh, I mean the real objective in Dungeons and Dragons in the end is to have fun, right? Yeah. With all together with what you're creating together, right? And maybe what the true enemy or the way in which you're losing in in the game is by well not having fun or being it not something that uh, keeps you energetic, right? So anything that subtracts from that is uh, the true the true enemy. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I completely understand that. Um, back to a few last questions. When do you expect to have a release date for the Drunken Dragons and in Quest or a possible beta version that early investors can test out? So this is also a really good question because um, one of the philosophies that I want to have through the whole process and in the future of uh, Drunken Dragon Studios is to be really close with the community. This means delivering small steps fast into in, to the community uh, for them to try out and for us to get as much feedback as possible. Now, what does this, this mean for Instant Quest? That means that we'll have an intermediate game before uh, Instant Quest, which is called Drunken Dragon Inns. Yeah. And in Drunken Dragon Inns, you'll be able to place your pixel tiles in the tavern and start building it and start uh, uh, expanding it. And uh, this, is, will be, this will be a bit more of a collector's game. So it'll be, let's say, a place for you to, to show your collection, right? Yeah. And start building it however you want. It's going to be like if you ever played The Sims where, you know, there's like a tile system. That's why yeah. they're called pixel tiles. And there's they're like a grid. And then you, you can place them wherever you want, etc. Uh, so the very first mobile version that we're going to create is just for you to place your pixel tiles in a pixel art diorama, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then we're based on that and the fact that this, this is already something cool, something for people who have collected pixel tiles. Now they have a place for them to to show them off in, in a cool way and see the, their taverns start, you know, taking shape. Yeah. Then the next, that's, that's the first step, right? Having it shape and already in the, in, in the hands of people. Then the, the next step will be to not just having it shape, but also give it life uh, by implementing some of these behavioral aspects of it, right? So, your your adventurers will be brought to life and they're just not going to be like statues put into the tavern, but they're going to start, you know, walking around and behaving and interacting. And there's going to be a lot of, of, of work, especially on the art side, not so much on the programming, actually. Yeah. Uh, because 3D, 3D is released in the sense that you just do the animations and then uh, you just put things on top of the main body and then you're done. But with pixel art, you have to animate one by one, right? Yeah. Uh, and every, if you make like a new pixel tile with a completely new uh, outfit, uh, then you'll have to reanimate this whole thing, right? 
mm-hmm. um, especially if you make it like a completely new, different uh, character. So, so that's going to be the next step for you to not just have your collection displayed, but also see the tavern come to life. And then the next steps will be the main features of Drunken Dragon instant quests, right? So we'll bring a, a world around your tavern uh, where other players, you'll uh, in the beginning, it's going to be a little bit alone because it's just going to be your tavern for you and your, and your adventurers. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as we open ins and quests, uh, there's going to be a whole world and a whole world map for you to see where other people's ins are. And, uh, and we're going to bring the first quest and we're going to start building uh, all the, all the uh, game mechanics on top of it one by one. So I'm enlisting this one by one because on each step, I want to deliver to the community, right? Yeah. So you want to go and say like, hey, uh, we created this next step. And this is a step that you can already benefit from, have fun, uh, you know, uh, already take the, the things that you've purchased from us and start uh, using them in, uh, somehow, uh, sharing with your friends. And this, every single step in the roadmap, uh, it's an essential step for, for the futures that go ahead, right? So yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think this is our general strategy moving forward. So to start out with... Step one, which will just be the end, so you can put them together with the NFTs you have to kind of decorate them. Then we're going to add, by we, you guys are going to add the quests so that you can see where everyone else is. Then quests will be released, that type of setup. Do you know if the ends part will be like within the next couple of months or is there no current, is it a TBA? So in the roadmap that we have in the webpage uh, for Pixel Tiles, uh, it says that a Q4 of this year will be for the very first version of Drunken Dragon Inns. Got it. So um, I think, uh, well, our pre-sale has been a huge success. Uh, and uh, we still haven't sold out. But even if we don't, uh, we already have enough money to uh, get some people on board, especially Unity game devs. Um, and start building and um, we already I think we have a really solid uh, team and with that I will feel confident to deliver something in December let's say uh, worst case scenario January uh, on starting on having on you being able to download an app to your phone uh, link it to uh, to your wallet uh, or use one of our wallets and and already see which pixel tiles you own and place them around. Okay, that sounds amazing. So this has been super informative and I really appreciate you taking the time to chat today. Before we go, how can listeners get involved with what you're doing or how can people best support you and your team? Well, uh, the best way for to get involved and to support us is to join the community, right? So yeah. uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, join Discord. Uh, Discord has been a, a really cool place. Uh, you know, people are sharing what they have. Uh, uh, people are really helpful. Uh, in the beginning, I was like crazy answering everyone's questions. Uh, but now I, I'm about to answer a question and someone else answers it. Yeah. So that's been awesome. Um, 
So join join the Drunken Dragon. You know, the Discord is the Drunken Dragon. The dr Drunken Dragon is the name of a tavern, uh, which one day hopefully I'll create real life. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and join the Drunken Dragon and, you know, check out their projects. Uh, you know, if, if you want to start collecting uh, pixel tiles, uh, we still have. Uh, it's series one uh, will be finished soon because actually we're up to pixel tile number 60, 62, I think. And series one is going to be up to 100. Uh, they're all limited. So for example, for, for, from, for each pixel tile, there's only 600 to 1,000. Uh, so uh, you know, if you want to start collecting, you can already. And, and yeah, just be part of the Drunken Dragon. Be one more adventurer in the Drunken Dragon. Join us. Oh, yeah, and we'll have all the links to your Discord, the website, everything down below. I'd recommend everyone check that out and follow them. It's Again, it's right up my alley. I know there are more nerds out there who are interested in this. So you guys really should just jump in, and it really helps to make communities come alive when you guys do jump in and help with these type of things. So, again, yeah. thank you so much, and it was a pleasure talking with you. All right, come on. It's, it was also a pleasure for me. Thank you. I'll see you in the Drunken Dragon, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cardano Convo podcast. If you want an easy way to help us out, make sure to share this podcast. That way we can grow and create a better podcast for you guys. Also leave us a five-star review. And if you have feedback on today's episode, tweet us at Cardano Convo. Send your emails to cardanoconvo at gmail.com or join the Cardano Convo Discord server and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Also, make sure to check out our new podcast website on crypto-loops.com. We'd also like to thank our sponsors. First are our Patreons over on the Cardano Convo Patreon page. Their direct contributions help to make this podcast possible. By becoming a patron, you gain amazing benefits such as access to polls to help decide the content of upcoming episodes, early access to videos, roles and benefits within the Discord server, and so much more. Our second sponsor is Loops Pool. If you want to help out the podcast and are looking for a Cardano stake pool to delegate your ADA to, then think about delegating with Loops Pool. That's Loops, L-O-O-P-S. Again, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Cardano Convo.